We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? Terrible. <laughs> so it hasn't even been 24 hours yet, and I don't know what to do with my life. Fun fact, I was watching just watching Moneyball, so there's that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tough right now. I don't think we need to, you know, like say what's going on, because everybody knows. I mean, lockout. Lockout, it's happening. It's it's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll get our takes here in a second. But guys, just want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast, making Talking Halos the best Angels podcast out there. Honestly, guys, I, I'm kind of, uh, I wouldn't say I'm excited for the for this lockout, but I, uh, I do have a lot of stuff up my sleeve. I mean, Nate both have a lot of stuff up our sleeves here for the time being. We're, we're excited to start getting a lot of people on and talking with you know, anybody we can. So if you want to join us for a segment of Talking Fans, shoot us a message on, on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can shoot myself a message on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can shoot Nate a message at NateGreen34. And, you know, just thank you guys so much. Stick with us through the lockout. I know this is not a, a great time for baseball. In fact, you know, talking to uh, my dad and, and Nate, your dad lived through the, the 94 lockout, well, the 94 strike. That ended up being a lockout. That ended up being no World Series, no playoffs, and such like that. It, it sucked, you know. The baseball lost a lot of fans, and I've already heard. You know, I had a couple people talk to mention it on Twitter to me that they said if they miss any baseball, any games get missed, they're going to start losing a lot of fans, and you know, a lot of older fans in particular. So, I mean, I know you and I will kind of like baseball forever, but it does put a a bad taste in my mouth for sure, but let's get our initial thoughts on on this lockout. I think we're actually going to have kind of differing thoughts. I know your thoughts on this, and I, I'm going to you know probably stay a little bit reserved on all of this as as well. But Nate, give us give, give us your thoughts on on the lockout right now. Yeah, so um, I read the letter from you know Commissioner Manfred, and you and I talked about this a little bit. It, it made me hate him even more. 
you know, I'm, I'm not the big Rob, I'm not the biggest Rob Manfred fan out there. And, you know, seeing that he's going to go out there and blame all this on the players. And, and I know that he's not supposed to go out there and say like, oh, this is all our fault. But, you know, to put 100% of the, of the blame on the players is absolutely ridiculous. You know, you can be on the player side, you can be on the owner side, whatever side you're on. But I don't think you can put 100% of the blame on any side. And to, to hear that they're meeting, you know, I, I put that in air quotes because uh, a meeting has to last longer than seven minutes for it to be considered a meeting. Like that, that honestly felt like, hey, we're going to show face and, you know, we're 100% locking you guys out, but we'll show up and, and make this look good for everyone. And it's just been like, he's been bad for baseball, honestly. And I, I think you and I have talked about this a lot. It's, it's very frustrating. He, he, he spent a lot of time on that letter. It looks like, and uh, all it does is outline how the players are, you know, spoiled and basically they don't want to make the game better. It's like, well, you've been doing this for what, seven years now. And I don't think you've really made the game better yet. So, I don't know. It, it's just very frustrating to, to hear. And, and, I mean, all offseason, we're going to hear both sides cry about the other side, and rightfully so. I mean, that's basically what happens in any anything with, when it comes to union unions being involved. So, I, I understand it, but I just really, really don't like the way that um, the owners represented by Rob Manfred went about this. Yeah, I, I agree. And first off, with with Rob Manfred, I wanted to go back and look and see what he was doing during the last strikeout, and found something rather interesting. If you didn't see it on Twitter, um, he was actually representing the owners in the '94 lockout as I in some type of lawyer. Um, so it, that I found super interesting, and the fact that now there's another lockout, and Rob Manfred is a part of it is is extremely interesting to me on that part. Um, as far as Rob Manfred goes, I, I do agree with you on this. I, I think that there hasn't been a lot of good things that have come out with it. And, and it, you know, we can name them off and we don't need to, we don't, we don't need to name everything off. We, you know, I, I just have an issue with Rob Manfred not being associated with baseball at all. You know, like he didn't play baseball. He didn't play high school baseball. He didn't play college baseball. I think I saw he played tennis. Um, I, I just that's that's a tough thing for me when it comes to a commissioner is that he didn't he doesn't understand the game. You know, he doesn't understand the player side, and he definitely doesn't understand the owner side. You you, you got to find a middleman there if you want, you know, a good result in in a in a president of, you know, of baseball, like Rob Manfred is, you know, and I thought Bud Selig was a good mixture. Like Bud got the players. He understands the players. He understands the owners. You, you have to find that middleman with a commissioner. Um, I know I just called him president, but commissioner. And that's just not what Rob Manfred is. And it's, it's tough. He's not a, he's not a good communicator. And we've talked about this before, like Joe Madden, uh, major league managers are good communicators. Uh, GMs are good communicators. They they do the communication for the owner. They do the you know the the manager takes a lot of the heat. You know the GM takes a lot of the heat. But they're those are the good communicators. Rob Manfred is not a good communicator. 
that's another one of my big issues with Rob Manfred. And, and again, like I said, don't gotta, we don't need to name it off or anything like that, but yeah, you know, I, um, I'm going to stay reserved, uh, with this whole lockout lockout thing at the end of the day, because I do understand where both sides are <laughs> with all this is, is bad as that sounds, you know, I, like, I, I take the side of the players and I will always take the side of the players. I think, I think the players are getting shortchanged here a lot and a lot needs to change on that standpoint, which is, which it's going to be tough for a lot to get changed if we want to play the 2022 baseball season. Like the owners are not going to compromise on everything. I think that you need to, as, as players, and this is a good, this is a good changing point. Cause I was going to ask what, you know, needs to happen to be fixed. And I have a couple ideas, but I think you need to kind of, in a sense, chip away, you know, you got minor league housing, which is a huge thing. I know that doesn't have anything to do with major leaguers, um, or anybody on the 40 man really, or I guess some people on the 40 man, cause they'll be in the minor leagues. But, um, I, 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 that's a huge thing for minor leaguers and making baseball a better game in general, you know, but again, minor leagues is completely separate. The minor league season is going to, at this point, go on, um, as far as we know. So, you know, I, I just, it's tough. It's tough. I understand both sides. I get where both sides are going. I just think at the end of the day, there needs to be little things done. Um, and I know the players are going to want a lot. And I know the uh, owners are not going to want a lot. But there's got to be a middle point where the players aren't going to get everything. And the owners are going to have to give just a you know a little bit more. It's, it's not a huge thing there, I, I think. But I think right now, and this is why we have a lockout, is that everybody's asking, well, players are asking for so much. And the owners don't want to budge. You know, you you got to get the owners to budge. And that's Rob Manfred's job is to get the owners to budge. Just a little bit. And Rob Manfred's not doing a very good job with that. But then again, you look at the players and they are asking for a lot. And Nate, I don't know if you, you know, have anything to say about that. Or we can kind of get on to what we think can kind of fix all of this. Yeah, go ahead and get on to, to what, what we think can fix all this. Because, yeah, the players are asking for a lot. But, I mean... The way they were treated, one hundred percent, twenty twenty is absolutely ridiculous. Like Rob Manfred literally took advantage of that situation and knew I can just pretend to to make fake offers that they're never going to accept. But as of this date, they have to sign. So he just kept throwing bad offers out there, and so the way that they've been treated over the past couple of years, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So let's just move on. I'm, no, I, and I'm one hundred percent in agreement with you. I think that the players are treated horribly and and they have always been treated horribly. Um, but it honestly, and I hate getting political with this because I am not political. I don't do politics. We all know this. I, I, but this is just how society is run and it sucks. You know, the, the little man is always going to get, is always going to get pushed around. And, and, you know, we've seen the little man start, you know, trying, trying to push up a little bit in society and, and that's all I have to say. I, I don't want to get into politics anymore. I, I think that's as, as far as we have to go with that. But, you know, I think a couple things that might be a good talking point that have already obviously been talked about, but really actually do need to be changed. And I don't know if the owners are going to gonna budge on this. Payroll floor, that absolutely needs to happen. Because, you know, you cannot continue to pre protect these smaller teams from not spending money. You, you got to make them spend. They got the money. If they don't have the money to spend at least 50, 75, 
hundred million dollars, they shouldn't be a major league franchise at the end of the day. They need to move. You got to find somewhere for them to make money. But as we know, they are a hundred percent making money. You know, at, at the end of the day, I think a payroll floor needs to happen. Uh, it, it just helps baseball in general. I think it gets the money flowing a little bit more as well. Um, changing the playoff format. That was something I was skeptical on, but I definitely, at this point, I think needs to happen, especially if you're going to be moving up payroll floor, you need to have more teams in the playoffs. Um, but with an expanded playoffs, I think games get moved down to like 150 games during the season because 162 is is kind of crazy at the moment. So I think that the games get moved down to about 150 games if we see a, a playoff format change. Um, and, and honestly, that's that's really it. There's not a lot. You know, I Nate, Nate, I'll let you go. Is there anything else that I'm that I'm kind of missing? Um, I mean, I think something that that you and I are not going to be super thrilled about is um, that they, they will have to put in the universal DH. I think that's a that's a must. Yep. That's going to happen, hundred um, percent. It's going to happen. To it, it needs to happen to expand. Um, like you said. I don't necessarily think that there needs to be a floor. I, I was a huge proponent of the floor. I think that was something I brought up really early is like, hey, a floor would be awesome. Like everyone has to spend $100 million. But I think that the other thing is just stop helping those teams. You know, the, a lot of the money that that the teams that are going a little bit over, you know, 200, $200 million, that money is going back to those teams that aren't spending. So you may look at it and be like, oh, Nate, Jared, like the A's, maybe they just don't have that money to spend. It's like they're getting money for not spending. They're not so, upgrading their stadium. Well, I mean, they are going to possibly do that with Vegas, but they're not upgrading their stadium, so they're not putting any money into that. Sorry, uh, venting point. Go on. No, you're good. Tampa Bay's not doing it either. Like these teams aren't spending money, and we're rewarding them for not spending money. Not only are they spending, are not spending money and getting rewarded for it, they're still somehow ending up in the playoffs. And it's like now they're getting playoff revenue on top of all the other other revenue. So I just think that if you stop rewarding bad behavior, good things will happen. If you just say, hey, here's the here's the number. Um, you can spend up to 240, but we're not giving any of that money back to those to the Pirates, the the Orioles, the the Rays and the A's for not spending. We're not just going to reward that. We want you guys to spend money and we want you guys to be um, competitive. And I think the other thing that, that got brought up that I think would be pretty good is throw some sort of lottery system in there for first overall picks. I think making sure that these teams can't suck for the number one overall pick. And we've seen it time and time again. The, the Astros are are one of the teams that did it recently where they – they were terrible for three straight years, and they're getting first overall picks. You, you see Carlos Correa, you see Alex Bregman, Lance McCullers, all these guys that they end up getting, and it and it turns into, oh, wow, the Astros are really good. Yeah, it took them three or four years of being really bad, but they were bad for three or four years. They got really, really good young guys, didn't spend money on those guys, and then they went out and spent a little bit of money and became really good really fast. So I think that would be another thing that, that would be very helpful is – discourage teams from tanking so we don't have teams saying we're not spending money this year absolutely and i feel like a lot of this is on you know the what the players are asking and then there's two more things as i scrolled on my notes a little bit farther that i i know need to happen and that's increasing the league minimum that's that's got to happen um and you got to find a new 
a new free agent system. You know, it can't be that seven, you know, that six years, seven with if you bring them up on May 1st type of thing. You know, the Chris Bryant saga that happened a couple years ago or now like seven years ago, eight, yeah, seven years ago now. Um, you know, that, that can't happen anymore. You need to have an age where these guys become free agents. You know, so if you bring them up at, you know, you see Wander Franco who came up at 20 or you see, you know, some other guys who come up 24, 25, you know, is, is 28 that age is 30 that age is, I, I just don't know, but something else, something's got to happen on that because that's a lot of times where these teams are taking advantage of these players is, you know, not bringing guys up super twos is what I'm thinking of. Um, not bringing guys up until that May 1st date again, Chris Bryant was a was a huge one in that. Um, heck, I even think Bryce Harper. No, Bri- yeah, Bryce Harper was probably one of those guys too. Super big, super two guy that came up late in this later in the season, and you got an extra year out of him. So some something's got to happen there with with the six seven years of um, you know the arbitration that's going to have to change. So uh, again, there's there's so much that is messed up that again I feel like you know little things that could have gotten changed. Uh, over the years that just Rob Manfred neglected like universal DH if that's one of the first things you want to put into play you know you got to get a vote I believe through the system but that's definitely something that could have been changed right at the beginning you know move and you, you don't have to talk about that this year and that's that's not a big talking point you can move away from that but again that's going to be I think a big a big piece of this this our this whole hearing so Nate I know we're going to talk about the lockout I'll, probably a good amount more than we'd like to, but you have anything else before we get on to? There's a little bit of Angels news that I missed on, and um, and then we got a lot of fan mail. Yeah, the only the only thing that I'll say is I'm not a huge fan of the age requirement. Like, oh, is 28 the age? Yeah, neither am I, but you, you got to find a different way around that, right? Oh, absolutely, and I think there's a couple different things. I think the NBA does a pretty good job with it. Um, I, I think you could just say, hey, if you play more than just September – that counts. So if you play in June, July, um, or if you start the season, it counts as a year. And we're going to let you play for three years or four years under you know, arbitration. And then after that, you can become a restricted free agent for one year, and then you're a free agent after that. If you Or you can just sign a big free agent deal. So I think that's probably the best way to go about it is just stop counting days because they literally are counting till the last day and saying, okay, your Don, your Don Alvarez missed being arbitration eligible by three days. Like that's ridiculous. You know, like count it from, Hey, if you played more than just when we expanded the rosters, you get major league time and that counts as a year. And that would incentivize some teams to be like, Hey, we're either letting you play the entire year in the big leagues or we're not letting you play at all in the big leagues. And, you know, maybe even it's September and they're just bringing them up to see if they're ready. But I think that's the best way to go about it because if you pick an age, you could have a Wander Franco scenario where he's not going to be a free agent for eight years and they can just pay him whatever he wants. And that doesn't incentivize the team to give him a long-term contract. Um, you know, you get some of these kids that are 18, 19 years old, getting called up and it it just doesn't help them so i think that's probably the best way to go about it is to say hey once you play um one game before the month of september that counts as a year 
and then just go from there. Yeah, you know, we're seeing it with Otani right now. You got you got to pay the pay them well in their prime and not, you know, during those Albert Pujols years. I know Angels fans were hit hard by the Pujols thing, and so be it. You know, he, he didn't age like you'd want him to, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, guys, there's not a lot that you can do. Uh, you can complain all you want. You can do, you know, or you can sit back and, and you know, just, you know, and enjoy sports right now you know there's not baseball but you got basketball you got football you got college sports which are going on which are i love college sports and then um you got the nfl who's ramping up for the uh postseason as well so you know hang in there this lockout i don't think is going to be that long but hey you never know so let's get on to some angels news yes there's a little bit of angels news that we kind of missed on um with everything going on First off, the Angels signed a reliever uh, to a minor league deal. Brian Moran, brother of Colin Moran, um, left-handed pitcher, pitched in Tampa, was actually an Angel for a brief period of time uh, back in 2013. Minor league deal, pitched well in Tampa for for uh, the I was going to call him Bull Durham, but the Durham Bulls, <laughs> um, and somebody probably to keep an eye on. Funky lefty uh, Perry likes him. Uh, if I give him the Alex Claudio comp, it's probably not fair because I think he ends up being better than Alex Claudio, but I don't know if he gets time of day for the Angels, so we'll see him in spring training whenever that is. Um, other Angels news, Chris Bryant was linked to the Angels right before the lockout happened. Uh, Nate, you got any thoughts on that? You think it's real, or, or do you think that's just something that uh, that a uh, an agent threw in there to try to get you know some 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 stuff moving before the lockout? That one, yeah. They, <laughs> that one, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's real, honestly. Like, that's fair. I'm sure Chris Bryant wants to play for Joe Madden. He loves Joe Madden, but it's it would just make no sense from the Angels' point of view to go sign Chris Bryant when you are that would probably block either Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh from playing, or you're moving Anthony Rendon to second base you're moving Fletcher to shortstop and I don't think that makes you better defensively either so I, I just think it's eyewash I think it's just hey the Angels like to spend money let's throw their name out there and hopefully you know maybe somebody in their division like Seattle is Seattle's one of the teams that's interested in Chris Bryant so if we throw the Angels name in there maybe Seattle will give us a little bit more money than you know somebody else and we'll get Chris you know an extra 10 15 million yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. You know, he's pretty close to he's as close as he can get to his home here in uh, in Anaheim. So I mean, there's always that, unless of course the A's move to Vegas and start spending money. Then I guess that's an option. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. But let's get on to fan mail. Uh, we got a couple minutes to do a couple of these questions. We did get a lot. Thank you everybody who asked these questions. We will answer all of them, whether it's today, tomorrow, or tw- today Monday or even next Wednesday, uh, maybe we'll get some guests on to do a little bit of fan mail with them. So let's kick it off here from Season Halo. Um, This is actually a lockout question. I put it right at the top because I think it had a lot to do with it. So is it possible for teams to talk trade during the lockout? If so, Perry could make moves immediately after the lockout is over with the emoji with his hand on his chin. Nate, I don't think this is possible. I, I mean, I think teams can technically talk but i don't think it can be announced i don't know how it works it's kind of interesting right well i think based on the question it would could they ask and like basically have a deal 
you know, agreed upon handshake, and then right when the lockout's over, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yes, that, that right, is exactly it. Right when the lockout's over, the deal will be announced. Um, I think that would be frowned upon. I don't think that there's a rule against it. I know there's a rule that says the owners and general managers are, and actually anybody in um, the front office, coaching staff, trainers, they are not allowed to talk to any of the players. Um, so it would be weird because you, you also have to to get agents involved in most trades. So I don't think that it's, it's really going to be possible to do especially with a guy who has a no trade clause. So there, it would be, I don't think it's like not allowed. I just think that it would be frowned upon because um, most business moves are done pretty openly with the agent of some sort of like, Hey, you know, your guy might be getting moved here. Here's, here's the possible destination um, and, and things like that. So I doubt any trades would happen during this time. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know how it works to be honest. I I was not really around. I was born in '94, so I don't know how you know exactly it works during the off season. I, I would assume that teams can talk. I, I don't know if I, I don't know. That's a great question. I'll I'll ask around and see what that is. You know what that's like. So fantastic question. Let's get on to our next one here. Um, at no ho ho me. Uh, do you honestly think Perry will get another starting pitcher? If so, who? Nate. What do you got? Absolutely. I think he'll get at least one more. Um, I think the Angels have been linked to Matthew Boyd a lot over the past couple of years. I could see them, you know, not the not the sexy name Angels want. <laughs> Angels fans want to hear again. Um, but it would be a typical Angels move of a guy who has been down for the last couple of years. He comes in on a one-year deal, prove it, you know, four to ten million dollar contract and hopefully he he pitches well but you know i think that's what you're going to get is another move like that because i think that's just kind of where the angels are at is they're, they're not going to have a, a lot of money to spend so you're not going to be seeing you know a big name free agent come in from the the pitching standpoint um but yeah i, I think that's kind of the name that you'll be looking for yeah, I'll um I'll go the opposite route that you went. I think uh I think Carlos Rodon, Zach Grinky on one year deals makes a lot of sense. Uh, if I had to give exact dollar figure, Grinky at like one for fifteen, one for seventeen, Rodon one for twenty five, probably a little more than Thor because he's been a little bit more healthy. But there are a lot of question marks, you know. And and let's I, I want to get this out of the way too because there's something that I forgot to put in my notes and. And we just got a couple minutes, so I want to get back to questions. But I honestly don't think this free, starting pitching free agent market was all that good. There were a lot of question marks, a lot, a lot of question marks. And and you look at who the Angels got. They spent $50 million on four pitchers. You um, you got to be kind of happy about that. And, and it's something we'll talk about here, heck, probably in another question. Um, maybe on Monday or something like that we'll start the podcast off with. But I just kind of wanted to throw that out there for everybody. So next question comes from Mop Foxy. Does the fact that the Angels have a six-man rotation work against them trying to sign pitching? I'll start this one off and say no, because I think that they try to they try to build around that. They try to build around Otani. You know, get guys that haven't, you know, that don't need to pitch 200 innings or, or need to pitch 175 innings. You get guys that only need to pitch 130, 140 innings. Um, and granted, we haven't seen too much of that. We've seen more in the 90 to 100 mark. But if you can run a six-man rotation and have everybody, 
you know, pitch uh, 130 to 150 innings, you're, you're in a good spot. The Angels just haven't been able to do that yet. They haven't been able to stay healthy, and they haven't been able to have consistency out of their guys. So, no, I don't think it turns guys away. I just don't think they – I think the Angels are looking for certain guys, right? No, I, I think it does turn guys away, especially Angel, the, the guys that Angel fans want to get, like a, a Marcus Stroman, a, uh, uh, a Kevin Gosman, a Robbie Ray type of guy. I, I think those guys are so used to their routine and have such a dialed-in routine where it's, hey, every fifth day I'm on the mound. Maybe it's a sixth day. With the Angels, it's a sixth, seventh, or every seventh, possibly eighth or ninth day. So I think it... It is tough for pitchers to want to do that. And you look at even postseason numbers. They love to bring this up in the postseason. Look at what pitchers who throw on short rest do compared to pitchers who throw on extra rest. And every single time the pitchers who throw on extra rest, their numbers are not as good as pitchers who throw on short rest. Because it's a lot easier for a pitcher to just you know, get their routine a little bit shorter and just go. It is really hard for guys to figure out what to do with that extra, you know, two days in between a start or something like that. So I think if you're a big-name pitcher, you're you're staying away from the Angels, honestly, because of the fact that you don't really want to mess with your routine too much. You want to kind of stick to the the, the typical, you know, four or five days and, and, and get your work in that way. I think it, it has caused some some things to be harder on them. I think I just found out why, you know, the Angels have done it. You know, that six-man rotation. That's why, I mean, Angels fans have wanted those big names. Angels haven't gone out and gotten them because, first off, obviously, you know, they didn't want to come here, clearly. I mean, that yes, 100%. But also because they don't fit the mold. Like, okay, Garrett Cole comes here. He's pitching for sure every fifth day. You got him on, you know, five days rest. But, you know, everybody else, it's... It gets a little bit tougher, you know. I don't think the Angels were actually eyeballing a lot of, you know, a lot of those guys. So that, that's just my thing. I don't think that a lot of pitchers fit into a six-man rotation, and I think that's why the Angels have had such a hard time with it. And and I mean, I, I hate to say, you know, blame Otani, but in a sense, blame Otani for this. You know, he's been fantastic. He's great to the fans. He's great to everything. But yeah, you know, I I think that there's uh there's that. So that's a good question. An interesting question to think about for. For everybody. So, next question comes from Cole Rasta. Welcome back. I think you've asked a question before. What do you? Two questions, by the way. Um, and give me just one, one answer to this first one, and I'll give one answer. So, what do you think would be a really good trade for the Angels? Really good trade for the Angels. Um, depending on if they signed a pitcher or not, or a shortstop, I think it, it might make sense to to make a trade for Chris Bassett. I think he is a guy that could pitch to the Angels' strengths as long as they have a, a, a pretty good shortstop because he's a sinker ball guy. So uh, I think a Chris Bassett trade where maybe you, you send one of the kids, one of the shortstop kids to Oakland because uh, they want to get younger and they want to get cheaper. So, I, And he only has one year left of team control. So that would be something... I know it wouldn't just be a Jackson or a Paris for Bassett straight up, but it would be something like that. Maybe Griffin Cannon goes in the deal or something like that as well. Yeah, I'll give my trade here. I've been saying something like this for a while. Nick Ahmed and Zach Gallen package those two guys up together. Um, take on all of Nick Ahmed's money, you know, whatever he's owed. Take on whatever Gallen's owed. Um, 
you throw a couple pieces the way of Arizona. You got yourself a starting pitcher. You got yourself a shortstop. Good defending shortstop who's not going to hit a lot for you. But heck, he plays hell of good defense. You know, one of the best defenders in baseball. So I am I am all for that. I think that's an interesting trade route to go. So I don't think it would cost all that much either for you. I don't have names, but I don't think it's going to cost you all that much. Maybe a, a couple two of your top five prospects and maybe a couple uh, couple build pieces in, in that mix. So here's a second question here for us, and it'll be our last question of the day. Uh, second question, do you think trading for Brian Reynolds from the Pirates is a good idea? Nate, what do you think? No. I think that um, you have Brandon Marsh, who he showed that he was pretty capable of leading off and, and playing center field last year and I just think that the Pirates are, are in a, a mode where they're going to want the house and yes we, we talk about I, I talk about all the time getting rid of the prospects I, I think that's that's a move that the Angels should be looking into but honestly for a center fielder I, I don't think that's the move right now especially when you've got so many young controllable center fielders in Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh and then you have Mike Trout, who's you know coming up on age what 31, 32 now, um, and signed to a long-term deal. So I would say Brian Reynolds, great ball player. I, I think he fits a little bit better, maybe in New York for the Yankees or someone like that, um, who would be willing to give up some more prospects because they are possibly one piece away from being a World Series uh, winner. So I love Brian, I love him. It just doesn't fit the Angels right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If um, for some reason you're trading away some outfield pieces or something like that, uh, throwback to the Garrett Cole trade, which was an interesting trade for them, or throwback to the uh, Chris Archer trade that was an interesting trade for them. I'm not saying that they're going to continue to do that, but they've made some interesting trades in the past. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast here. I apologize for keeping you over a couple minutes, but yeah, you know, it's good talking a little bit of baseball. Like I said before, uh, thank you so much for making us one of the best podcasts out there. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Leave us a review. Whether you think we're good or bad, you know, makes us better, makes us worse. I don't know. So if you want to come on for Talking Fans, send us a message on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can shoot myself a message and don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Jared underscore Tims, and follow Nate and shoot him a message if you like at NateGreen34. Guys, thank you so much for listening and have a great Friday weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.